Folks, welcome back to the Crossing Swords podcast, brought to you by the only place to buy a case, Outlet Liquor. As always, we are joined by Intern Vinny, Gatesy, and Dwayne Omania. I'm Maniac. Gents, it has been quite a time to be a Sabres fan. Obviously, over the last decade, it has been tumult, it has been struggle, and that hasn't completely changed uh, in the record, obviously, for this season. But with that said, this last window of two to three weeks, it has been a quote-unquote exciting time to be a Sabres fan for one way or the other. So kicking us off here on the show, on the Crossing Swords pod, I want to talk about it. Um, What part of the Sabres' recent run here has stood out the most to you? Let's start with Vinny and go around the horn with Gatesy and Dwayne here. Well, to be honest with you, I think what stood out has been just the overall cohesiveness of the unit. Quite frankly, obviously, it's not a um, – it's not a, really a surprise the Sabres are where they are in the standings as of this point in the season. But I think I am surprised at how well everybody seems to be getting along. Everybody always talks about sort of building something and, you know, sort of uh, creating a good environment within the locker room. But I think for the first time in a while, we actually can see that tangibly with some of the things that are going on between the interactions between players and between players and media and players and fans and then even fans amongst themselves. So I think that's one of the things that sticks out to me is how well everybody seems to be getting along. I'm going to go with a different C word to describe the Sabres team. They are confident. Someone like Rasmus Stalin has been on the hot seat really since he's kind of put on the uniform several years ago now. And he's, he's third on the team now in points the past, I would say month. He's been a new player. I have a couple, couple games with two goals. He's just moving the puck well. He's a new player, and the kind of team's kind of feeding off the energy as well, and it's just a fun team to watch right now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to say they're they're playing with a hell of a lot more swagger, and I think one of the things that most like stands out the most is their ability to close out games in the last month, um, whereas if you saw this team hold on, have like a one, two, even a three-goal lead, you were never really confident that they were able to hold on to it or get the game into the garage, so to speak. And I, I would say I at least in the last 10 games, mostly maybe two or three games before the uh, Eichel homecoming game that uh, you saw that kind of like that shift, the paradigm shift uh, in the way they've played and the confidence they've played with. And there's no, make no mistake about it. The emotion of that night uh, with Jack Eichel um, and just seeing how they came out of the gate and how well they played from start to finish Make no mistake about it. That is a culture change type of game, and I, I remember I tweeted about it. I said, "That's much that win, that win, and what you know what transpired from start to that game to the comments at the end. That is about as culture. That's going to affect the culture in the same way. It's going to affect the culture positively the same way the Lucic hit on Miller negatively affected the, the overall culture of this team for." you know, honestly, ever since, because you, you, you've even seen players, you know, past players say it like the team just never really rebounded. The franchise never really rebounded after the, just the overall outlook of the, of this team uh, since that night and just the lack of response. And they've never, they've never been able to recover from that. And I would say that it's, it's a pretty big thing. Like it's, it, they've, they've, I'm confident that they've rebounded and it all started with that Jack Eichel game and then the heritage classic right after. Seriously. It's been an amazing combination of events, the Eichel event, the heritage classic. Um, yeah. Picking up some big recent wins out on the West coast. With that said, let's go reverse order here. Just real quick, 20 seconds each. 
Are you surprised that the fans are so back in, at least on the internet? I mean, the, uh, you know, attendance for the Eichel game was obviously crazy. We'll see tonight against the Penguins, this being recorded, obviously, Wednesday night. Uh, but, Dwayne, real quick, 20 seconds uh, each. Are you guys surprised by fans being so positive, given that three, four weeks ago there was a losing streak of a pretty uh, large amount? I'm sorry, you cut out there. What would you say? Are you surprised that fans are so positive, given, like, they're only 6-4 and four in their last 10? You know what I mean? So it's not like they're, you know, it's not like a crazy win streak where they're playing out of their minds. But is it the way they're getting it done? And do you think that's why the fans are so into it? Yeah, definitely. Because I think I think the biggest the, the biggest reason would be Alex Tuck, right? Alex Tuck has been able to add uh, a, a positivity to this group that's really resonated with the fans and goes back to just those 2000s teams, those late 90s teams. There, you really start to believe that the team realizes how much this really does mean to us and they're showing it on the ice. Yeah. Every year in October, this team starts out hot and every single fan tries to protect themselves knowing this team's going to let them down, but we're deep into March right now and people are genuinely excited about this team and they know there's a bright future ahead. I'm surprised. Yeah. I think I'll be honest, I'm not surprised because nobody lives in a sort of a a bubble of immediate gratification more than Buffalo Sports Twitter does. If you think back to just this past, I'll say like November, uh, you know, and maybe even into early December, the Sabres Twitter and Bill's Twitter were just, I mean, in a hole. We, you know, Bill's lost like two games in a row and just like, Everything we, we lose to the Jaguars, and it's just like everybody thinks we're not going to win the division, and everybody we're not gonna even going to make the playoffs, and we should worry, you know, trade our players and fire our coaching staff and all this. And same thing with the Sabers, obviously, is you have a team that wasn't expected to be good at all, really. That's in a rut, and I think everybody sort of is very down on the team, and then they do well, and everybody's very up on the team. Now it seems like everybody sort of understands the process a little bit more right now, because again, I'll use the word tangible. You're seeing things that show hope for the future, but um, ba- just based on the, the recent run they've had, I'm not surprised that everybody on Sabres Twitter seems to be getting along. It's a great point. Buffalo sports Twitter is like a five day forecast and it's yeah. right in the middle of it. It's what happened exactly. the last 48 hours. What's happened the next 40 hours. Great point. Well, talking about surprise, um, I think the reaction, guys, was a lot of surprise from people when the Sabres relatively stood pat. They obviously got rid of Hag uh, to uh, Florida in that deal the day, the previous day to the trade deadline. With that said, um, you know, what was your guys' reaction? I want to start with Dwayne on this one because I know it was strong coming out of the gate. But now that we've had 30-ish hours to digest it, um, where are you at on how the trade deadline uh, broke down ultimately for Kevin and the Sabres? Very indifferent. Um, I don't understand. Here, I, I understand culturally, like you you don't want to ruin what's ha- the, the good thing that's happening in that locker room, and I can totally understand that. But there's like 15 games remaining in the season, right? Like roughly between 15 and 20. I mean, is taking Cody Eakin – or Colin Miller, who hasn't really been around, at least, for, you know, he hasn't been healthy for most of the season. Yeah. Um, it, I think he endeared himself so much to the organization with that neck move that they're like, we got to keep this We got to keep him, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand, like, why keeping these guys in the room for the next 15 games is detrimental to improving the culture of this team. And and if, if, if not having Cody Eakin in the locker room, 
is is gonna affect your culture that much i mean you have a really much bigger problem you know on that team than 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 when we maybe what we realized i just i i don't i don't agree with keeping in that many ufas under contract on this team right now whether it's a fourth or a fifth round pick is still better than nothing you want to know what Mark Stone was a sixth-round pick. Like, there's always a diamond in a rough to be found, especially in, in drafts where kind of like in COVID, you weren't really able to scout as maybe uh, as well as you normally could because of just the just the environment we've been in for the last two years. So you don't really know what's out there after round one, round two. Like, there could be, there could be a Mark Stone somewhere out there. You don't know. And, I mean, I think every pick counts. Having, having those assets available to you, I mean, Victor Olson. We really don't know what he is. He was a sixth, sixth or seventh round pick. Like these guys, these guys are out there. You're always gonna find one or two guys like that in every single draft who, who really, you know, surprise, surprise, surprise uh, people and teams and prove his doubters wrong and you know where he was drafted. And I just, I don't agree with it. I understand you don't want to ruin culture, but I, the fan in me just doesn't agree with it, and that's just the way I feel. I. The only, the only, the only name I totally, hundred percent, only UFA, hundred percent would agree with keeping on this team is Craig Anderson. No, I agree with that. I mean, I was definitely a little upset and just a little. I w- almost wanted more on trade deadline day. We built this up for so long now, and it just kind of happened. We weren't really a part of it, but as like it's kind of been several hours since the deadline, it's kind of grown on me a bit. We have a, uh, we have some fun now on this team, and they're getting along, and we're winning games, and. I think that means more to me as a fan right now than getting a sixth round pick, fourth round pick for a guy, even if they're not here next year. Like I really probably don't want these, these guys in the lineup. Then we got young guys coming up. They'll take their spots. Agreed. And, you know, we won four or less five as of recording this. And it's, it's just nice to win some games and feel like a real hockey team for once. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I'm sorry, I keep looking to the side. It's pouring by my house right now, and I'm sort of semi-afraid my power is just going to go out at any minute. But um, look, I think realistically, a lot of people were surprised that we didn't do anything on trade deadline day. And and some people sort of um, use that argument that we're in a position where we, we have good chemistry, you know, there's cohesiveness, everybody seems to be getting along. But, um, and and somebody said, well, Kevin Adams wasn't going to just let himself get lowballed and then just like take the offer. You know, I think it, he's trying to establish, like, I'm not going to let you just take things from me because, you know, he's trying to establish himself as a general manager that has respect from the other general managers and so on. But I think at the same time, if you're not getting a sixth round, like let's say, you know, I guess we'll say estimated value for a guy like Vinny Henestrosa or a Colin Miller, like let's say we were getting offered a fifth round pick for, for Vinny Henestrosa and you know, Kevin Adams thinks like that's low, but nobody was offering anything higher. Is that a guy you really are like, well, it's okay. We want him in the lineup because of chemistry. I think there's all other people. I guess Vinny Henestrosa is a bad example, obviously, because he's got a great name. And secondly, he's just a guy that's actually played relatively well. But if you're looking at some of the other guys through the bottom parts of our roster, I would like to see some other young guys take their spot. And there are no other way to do that, or I'm sorry, I should say no easier way to do that than to trade away these UFAs and then get picks where you just have to fill those roster spots with Rochester guys. So uh, I am surprised. And then that's another moment again of Sabres Twitter's very high after a couple wins. And then after we don't make any moves on deadline day, 
they're very, very low because they're disappointed we don't make any moves. So I'm I'm not surprised, or I guess I will say I am surprised. But I'm not necessarily as frustrated as many people might be. And I guess that's the two biggest worries amongst uh, Sabres faithful, right? Is that by keeping these UFAs in the team, two things. One, they're taking away time that, you know, I guess Quinn is back. Like, I know he's been out of our sphere for a while now, but I guess mm-hmm. he's back in Rochester. Obviously, he could be playing. A lot of people are arguing whether he's ready or not, yada, yada, yada. I'll never get over that thing because it's like, you know, UPL comes up after he's terrible in Rochester and he plays the best he ever has, like, as a saver. So I know there's some logic to it, but at the same time, like, you got to just put feet to the fire. The second thing is that they're worried that we're keeping these UFAs with the intention of signing them in the offseason. They're worried that we could be bringing back Eakin. They're worried that, you know, these guys could be in place. So I think that's a legitimate concern for the Sabres until we see otherwise, because let's face it, they've shown a lot of loyalty to Eakin, even though he only recently earned it with the neck move. And by the way, speaking of loyalty, we hope that no place is earning your loyalty as much with the upcoming March Madness and the upcoming action as much as the place to buy a case, Outlet Liquor. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? All right, boys. March 23rd, 2022. I won't say the time because I don't want the FBI to track us at a later date. Mm-hmm. With that said, we're going to play a little live odds here on the Crossing Swords pod brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Ooh. Give me your live percentage, 0% being there's no chance, 100% being it's a sure thing as much as the sun rising in the east and setting in the west, that Don Granado and Kevin Adams, we talked about this in the rundown, but I tweaked it on you guys a little bit, are leading this Sabres warpath in November of 2020. They originally at the start of the season, but I was thinking maybe if they plunder – you know, one or one of them might be gone in the second month of the season. So with that said, zero to a hundred real quick, gents, what are the live odds uh, that Don and Kevin are leading this charge? Uh, Duano, let's start with you. If the Pagulas are still the owners. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to say it guys, if they're not leading the helm and they get fired, I will, I'll go bald like Jeff Skinner. They will be leading the helm. Oh, dude, don't make any hair promises on, I, on, the, on this platform. <laughs> I, 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 you, I have learned my lesson. Um, speaking of which, so, you know, I've mentioned all day, I've sort of been dying on the hill of Sabres Twitter is very up and down, right? Um, and shout out to Sabres Twitter. Early uh, early upset alert here in the Trainer Sports Buffalo bracket first round. They're beating three-seed Niagara Falls by 10% early. So keep an eye on that. And that's because Sabres Twitter is very is very good right now. Everybody loves Sabres Twitter because everybody loves the Sabres. I think Man, I don't on a love. basis. You know, <laughs> I uh, look in I for, agree. for Sabres, I agree. Sabres Twitter is hot right that. now. Sabres Twitter is hot right now. Next week, Sabres Twitter may not be tonight at 9 30 p.m. Sabres Twitter might not be hot. If we, we lose five to one to the Penguins, Sabres Twitter is not going to be in a happy place. But let's let's get back to it. Look, on a week-by-week basis, there are going to be more people or less people that are saying, oh, we, John Grano's not the right guy. Kevin Adams is doing the right things, especially after the trade deadline, yada, yada, yada. I would say that the odds of Don Granado and Kevin Adams leading the the Sabres into, you know, game one of the, you know, 2023 season, I'm going to say like 93%. Uh, I'm not a guy that likes to deal in absolutes, so I'm not willing to say it's 100%. But I, I, I think it's very high. I think they've, again, they've shown a lot of things 
if they can put together a couple more wins in, you know, throughout the rest of the month of March, which would be fantastic. How, you know, everybody's seen the graphic, the Sabres this year have more wins in the month of March than the past, like three Sabres teams do. So that's not nothing, you know, that's something. So I think that progress means that it's not a guarantee, but it's a very, very high possibility that the, that those two are the tandem leading us into the following season. Yeah, the wheels would have to almost fall off, right? Yeah. Uh, completely for them to not be there. I mean, they're making progress. You're seeing growth. You're seeing a inspiring team uh, playing this much. So I'm going to put it, I'm like you. I'm not a Sith Lord. I don't like to deal in absolutes either. I'm going to put it at 96%. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a solid. Uh, it's, and speaking of villains, speaking of Sith Lords, Eichel has cemented himself. It, it was not the case a month ago. There was the, the debate could have gone any which way at any local Buffalo watering hole for hours on end, but there is no more discussion. Jack Eichel is the king of villains as far as this Sabres organization is concerned. He called the fan base out, and that's all you got to do. It does not take much. With that said, who is your Sabres top villain outside of Eichel? I mean, anyone want to lead off? I, I'm, I'm a little nervous with mine. I do not want to lead off. I, I would like to hear. I'll lead off. I'll, I, I don't give a shit. I'll lead off. Dwayne's like, uh, it's, it's been Pavula even more so than Jack Eichel because you don't get <laughs> Jack Eichel. You, uh, honestly, guy, I hate Jack for what he said. Top villain. Wrong. He was wrong. But you want to know what, man? None of that happens if it's not for Kim Pagula. And that's a fact. That is an absolute fact. And um, the stubbornness in that. What ineptitude happens? The Eichel situation? Huh? The Eichel debacle? I mean, yeah. If it's not for their inability to run a franchise, you don't even get that moment with Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel might even still be a Buffalo Sabre. Who knows? But like, I just I, – I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, like, the Pagolas, mo most certainly Kim, aren't to blame for the state of this franchise right now and why we're already in the midst of a second rebuild in 10 years after drafting in the top two – four different times in 10 years. So, I mean, maybe even five, who knows how this, how this year is going to go. Yeah. We can, we can win the draft lottery and we could have our third, first overall or third, first overall pick. Don't act like you years. were, don't make me air the clip of you being all elated when we got the number one overall pick in 2021. You couldn't wipe oh, I was elated. Absolutely. Face. I was elated. If we get it this year, it's going to be the same thing. But you're using I, it as a talking I will be point. Related, 100%. Who would it be? But okay. Let's well, not okay. pretend that she's not to blame for the the the, the, the current situation. This is they like are. It, this is like you want to know what the the, the the person that benefited the most from Jack Eichel becoming the villain that night was in fact Kim Pagula because people stopped yelling at her for for having stopped have stopped yelling at her since then and have been you know said screw Jack this screw Jack that and rightfully so but they benefited a lot from what Jack said that night. Can I ask I'm you a like question, Dwayne? I'm, I'm the I don't know what I expected meme right now from, from Jason <laughs> Bateman from Rest right, Development. Me, go on, go on, Vinny. Let, let me ask you a very Sabres Twitter question. This is a very, okay. like, I probably wouldn't ask this question yesterday and I probably won't ask it tomorrow, but because it's today, I'm going to ask it. There's no secret that the Vegas Golden Knights are in a really interesting position right now. Obviously, we're all familiar with the Evgeny Dadunov situation that seemingly the NHL was not familiar enough to understand, um, which is an interesting – I mean, that's just a debacle is a whole I know situation, is what I'll call it, in, in and of itself. 
Jack Eichel's on the team. They have a losing record with him on the team. Since, obviously, Jack Eichel played against the Sabres, the Sabres have a winning record, obviously not throughout the entire season since he's been gone, though. Um, but that's not either here nor there. You're saying that if without Kim Pagula specifically, Eichel would probably still be on the team. Is that, bar- considering not the just- context of the past couple weeks, is that something that you still want? I understand he's I'm a great I'm not saying hockey that I want it, but I, I'm, I'm telling you right. I'm telling you right now. Not only would Jack Eichel be on the team, Ryan O'Reilly's pro- Ryan O'Reilly's still probably on this team too. There's a lot, you know. I mean, Sam Reinhardt's probably still on this team too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's it's fair. Just, you know, you you probably you, you probably have a, a a number one goaltender on this team too. Um, I just you know you've you've seen the amount of uh, penny pinching within this organization, I and mean, I'm not going to take anything away from it. They've been willing to spend money, but you know, just you, trading O'Reilly when you really didn't have to, you know, because you know, literally the day before you were due to pay his huge signing bonus. I just I, I just can't get behind. I can't get behind passing the buck and looking at what's happening in Vegas. They oh, it's because of Jack. No, it's not because of Jack. They're also the most injury-riddled team in the entire league. Losing Mark Stone is a huge, huge deal. Martinez is a huge deal. Not having a legitimate number one 1A goaltender because Robin Leonard's more of a 1B, and he's hurt. Um, yeah. You know, not having Pacioretty at full health. And Jack's not fully healthy either. Like, like the only other team I think that's dealt with injury more than the Vegas Golden Knights would probably be the Montreal Canadiens. And they got it bad this year, losing Weber and Carey Price before he even dropped the first puck of the season. That yeah. that's a that's bad. Um, but I, I'm not gonna sit here and say they're lose they have a losing record as a Jack Eichel. First off, if Jack Eichel really is as toxic as he seems, he hasn't been there long enough to really, really, really rot out that locker room yet. He's been there for what? You know, he's been in the lineup for what, a month and a half to two months? If that I mean, he's been at the right. facility, he's, yeah. he's, huh? been, he's been injecting himself. But okay, with this, this is a topic for its own special podcast. Yeah, let's move on. Let me get Gatesy. Gatesy, who you got for your billion? Give, give Vinny a break while he, while he gets yeah, his I mean, emotions <laughs> after, after giving 60 minutes treatment to Dwayne. It's really <laughs> tough to follow that up, guys. Don't ask me to talk unless you, you don't want me to talk. Oh, I, 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 I knew he was, question. I knew he was breaking the emergency glass when he fired that one, so I let it go. I let it go. Um, it's tough to really follow that up, guys, but I'm going to go outside the box here. Father time, someone that's kind of grew up with all of our childhoods, Rick Jenneret. He's uh, the clock's winding down a little too quick on the season, and I think we all know what that means. He's, you know, my first Sabres game, watching on TV. He's a villain? Father Time's the villain. Fa- Father, Father Time. Time. Okay, I was like, wait, I don't know if he's a villain. It Father took me Time a minute, and I'm like, well, oh, my God. I thought oh, he was right, 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 a villain. I thought he was a villain. I thought he was a villain. I thought he was a I asked him for an autograph one. He flipped me off, and he walked away. No. No, it, uh, it's just RJ. I mean, he's my childhood. Everything Sabres is him. Met him one time. Incredible guy. And, I mean, I, I, it's not going to be the Buffalo Sabres without RJ calling the games. No. I can't, I, can't get into, I can't get into Dan Dunleavy either. Just can't. Like, he, he doesn't do a bad job, but, man, but just, I don't know. He bores me to sleep. Yeah. People were being tough on Delicious. I Delicious. love at least Vinny's frozen. Yeah. Vinny enjoyed Dalicious, clearly. He loved it. It was his favorite call of the year. My villain. On Monday on deadline day. Uh, there he is. That Vinny's back. Vinny's villain was his uh, Wi-Fi there for a second. All right. Uh, for, my, 
For yeah, my villain, got... I'll hop in here. I'm going to go. He's not even playing anymore, but he's still looming in my brain. Daniel Alfredson. Kind of looks like the villain from Sonic the Hedgehog, too. So it's like he's got everything going. Alfredson is just like an evil son of a bitch. That's a good one. I like that one. And I'll, I'll be honest. I'm still reeling after the beginning of Gatesy's villain there. I, I still – I'm so glad that you clarified that, but I was – I my fight yeah, or flight response was activated. Yeah, you guys are looking at me. I'm like, guys, I was fired up. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go sort of in a direction that I feel like is too obvious, but nobody said it, so I'm just gonna take it and run with it. I think the Sabers' biggest top villain outside Jack Eichel is still Milan Lucic. I understand he hasn't really talked, you know, been related to the Sabers at all in the past couple of years, really. But I don't think we've gotten over that that hump yet you know Dwayne mentioned it earlier that the Eichel game against Vegas a couple weeks back was the opposite of that I'm not ready to commit to that yet because we didn't know that the Lucic hit on Miller was as big as it seemingly was um so with that said I think that 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 play that that guy Milan Lucic I'm gonna still label him the Sabres top villain because uh, I, I still don't think this franchise has, has been able to rebound from that sort of, I'll say, embarrassing moment. I, I maniac has what is the last opportunity. There's a villain that I didn't say. I didn't say my this this guy. Is I already villain. got Alf. Alfredson's my villain. Son of a Whoa, bitch. With that how mustache. did nobody say Biz? Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, he's harmless. He's, fresh. he's like, what do you he's mean like he's punching harmless? Jello. He's like punching he's, he's Jello. Fresh. He's fresh. Out of here. He's here. He's a tool. Dwayne, what he do you think? What do you think Biz fool. cares about? Twenty guys in East Aurora are maintaining a good relationship with Jack Eichel. Yeah, I, I just that, I, that, that's I, the end of the conversation right there. Yeah, Biz is a Biz. tool. I, I agree, and we're gonna let him know when he comes to the Spit and Chicklets Buffalo event. We'll let him know respectfully. Oh, I, of I, I got my team loaded and ready to go, baby. By Biz the way, reminds so- me. He reminds me of in the Dark Knight when Two Face like comes into the movie after Harvey Dent was there, and it's just like you're not the main villain. Like just sort of <laughs> get it figured out, guy. I'm not. I'm not you're worried cute. about you. Okay. Okay. I like that classic Harvey Dent. Paul Bizonet. <laughs> that might be in the new Batman movie. Colin Peril's Penguin. He's there. He plays his part, but he's not the main villain. Well, I was going to say, if you watched, uh, well, if we're just going to go every Superman, what about Spider-Man No Way Home? Kind of like when Willem Dafoe turns back into the Green Goblin, because Bizonette acts like he would, like, you know, be pro-Buffalo yeah. crowd, and then he, like, does that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden he flips that switch, and he's back He's back to being a dickhead again. Don't yeah. get me started on dickhead references. It will be a long night. We're winding it down here on the Crossing Swords pod. We got Gatesy. We got Vinny. We got Dwayne. We got me. We are talking at a saver. So we'll have some recurring segments. This might be one. We wanted to talk about this team right now. Obviously, they didn't make a move to the deadline. This was brought up by uh, NT Rider 825. I see him on Sabres. Her, him or her. I, I, there's just a fruit picture in the profile, so I don't want to assume. Uh, asked if you could add any member of the 0607 Sabres at their current age to this team. Uh, who you would? And we had all had some interesting responses. I was going to go first. Uh, the typical, you know, easier signs is like Briere, Drury, or Miller. I went with Roy. Uh, he's still young, plays center position. I look, I mean, his points totals as a Sabre are incredible. Um, I was actually surprised when he basically had as many or more points than Jack Eichel. Um, and, yeah, uh, he had a, you know, pretty good output. I feel like he had him as a C, a center. 
not a captain. I mean, the C for him is for Chippewa. We all know that. Um, but you had him as a C. Could give this team some depth and some scoring and some I mean, stability Bill's, there. Bill's fan, Bill's fan Derek can't be the, Bill? Uh, the captain. <laughs> Shout out Bill's fan Derek. Um, you knew he was going to be my guy. 100% Daniel Briere for me. I'll, I'll go with the obvious. The Sabres need a true number one center. No offense against Tage Thompson. I think he would be even more beneficial as your second line center. I think he would dominate uh, on, on the second line. And I think Briere and his time with Buffalo proved that you, he could center really anybody and just make that line dynamic and elite. Uh, one of the best lines in the 05-06 season was him, Jokin Hesht, and J.P. Dumont. And, you know, they were a very, very dangerous line and easily our number one line. So I, I think I think given given in just average goaltending next season, you add Danny Briere at that age to this team, they're a playoff team. You know, without even thinking twice about it, they're, they're a playoff team. Fair. You know, there's a lot of talk if uh, Rasmus should be playing with Henry. He's playing with the wrong Henry. He should be with Henrik Kalinder, stay-at-home defenseman, that's something that, that he needs. Just someone rock solid. Uh, good plus minus. You know, Rasmus might be a minus 19 right now, but with Talinder, maybe only a minus five. And just just that calming presence. I love this young core of forwards. I don't want to add anyone new to it. And I think that uh, Talinder would be a really, really nice fit for this group. Mm-hmm. I like I like that at a lot. And you sort of took mine. So I'm going to consult my, my booklet here. <laughs> Of all of our our sabers from from 2006 2007 oh, that I've had breaking, in it, breaking out the coinage for over a decade, um, look, I would sub- I would switch every single person on the Sabers team right now for that Sabers team because of how much I love that team as a kid. Is that realistic? Well, no, because that's not how the world works. But I'm gonna go a bit of a different route. I'm gonna take a guy that I think was underappreciated in the NHL at that time. And because of his injury situations, he sort of got the the short end of the stick and he couldn't play probably as long as a lot of people would have liked him to. If he was in the NHL right now, he would be dominant. And that's Tim Connolly. I think Tim Connolly would be electric to watch in the NHL right now. It's a less physical game. He'd be able to do a little bit more with the puck, a little bit more puck possession. He wouldn't be dealing with as many injuries, assuming you know, that's obviously a crazy thing to say, but I assume that now, you know, obviously like 15 years later, he would be dealing with less injuries. He'd be healthier and he'd be able to play his style of game without the repercussions of playing against some of the defensemen at that time. I think having Tim Connolly on, on this Sabres offense would be, we would have a couple more primetime games. I'll tell you that right now, because he would be one of the best players in the NHL to watch play hockey. He's just so amazing with the puck. So as long as he can stay healthy, absolutely. That goes to your point of being a little bit of a less physical game, but I, uh, I, I, I tend, I, I like that point. I like, I like Tim Conley. I, I remember we had on uh, uh, Brett Gibson, who he's one of the uh, coaches uh, up in Canada, a coach up in Canada. He coached uh, Team Canada, but he had an opportunity to uh, coach Conley when he was younger, and he, he had, like even as a kid, he said this kid was special, like absolutely special, and. Uh, like I remember watching, we all we all know that first in between the legs goal. I think I want to say it was against Toronto, uh, backhand right up over the shoulder, and like you know that was when he really kind of like took fans by like holy yeah. holy jumping. This guy is this guy is awesome. Like maybe that Pekka that Pekka trade 
maybe that wasn't a bust on our end because this guy can can do it. That's uh, I think that's the the corkscrew goal. He yep, turned him yep. right, RJ. He turned himself into a corkscrew. Yeah, that's a, yep, that's always yep. been a classic. That's one of my favorite calls and a great one of the probably one of the most underrated goals in Sabres history. I mean, I remember I remember those Sabres teams. Man, they could be down by two with three minutes left in the game, and they were never out of it. They just were never out of it. They, like, yeah. I agree. That Sabres team tight and never give up. Keep working for sure. Those uh, those L5 throws have By the way, so Vinny wants to add on Tim Connolly to get more primetime games so we can be on TNT and his <laughs> and his and one and one of our villains, Paul Bizanet, could have more Sabres coverage. I don't know if that's I'd like to out. hear what Paul Bizanet thinks of Tim Connolly. I'd like to hear I'd like to hear what he thinks of Tim hey, Connolly. Hey Timmy. <laughs> it would be great now. But uh, hey, this is the Crossing Swords pod. Again, we're back. I mean, there was a little break. There was a little intermission. We've obviously been doing the pregames, but it's good to check in, and it's especially more fun when the Sabres are doing well and when Sabres Twitter is on the upswing. We are riding all these upswings here at Cross the Swords Podcast, brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Make sure you're following these guys. We got V Cristiano 3. We got Gatesy 35. We got Dwayne S39 and me. <laughs> you know what? Unfollow me and follow them. Just give them your follow. It's good to go. Oh, there's no Sabres. It's okay. It's okay. There's plenty it's of all... follows to go around. You don't have a should limit we, on we, your should follows. We keep, should we keep the show going, guys? I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and yell and scream about it because I think I've done enough of that already. <laughs> it'll never, it'll never I love, get, it. I love it, it that you have that on tap. It's it'll never, you know, by the way, I just want to say there's a very young individual who's screaming about a war path that I'm very close to unleashing with this team. I don't want to do it too early. Because four out of five is good, but they did have that streak for it. If we get going a little bit more, baby Warpath might be unleashed. But for right now, it's three words here at the Crossing Sword Pod. Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo.